Welcome to The Vital Point. I'm your host, Jonathan Schechter. If you are interested in transformational work, such as plant medicine, psychedelics, breath work, meditation, somatic practices, cold exposure, yoga, and more, then my friends, you are in the right place. Welcome to The Vital Point, the podcast that is for practitioners as well as people new to transformational work looking curiously for more information and guidance. So if you are new to this type of work, uh, welcome. I'm your host, Jonathan Schechter. I am an integration coach and breathwork facilitator. I've also been meditating for about 20 years and um, do some mindfulness instruction as well. So this podcast um, brings you leaders in the fields of transformational work, whether that's um, psychedelics and plant medicine work, breath work, or a myriad of other types of modalities. And my goal with this podcast is to not only introduce you to new modalities and practices, but help spark your curiosity to go out and actually practice them. So I hope you enjoy today's episode of the show. Hi friends, Jonathan Schechter here. On this episode of the podcast, my guest is Internal Family Systems coach Christine Dixon, known on Instagram as the underscore ordinary underscore sacred. Internal Family Systems is a type of therapy that treats the psyche and the individual as a collection of different parts, uh, each with different roles, different emotions, different memories even, hence creating an internal family. And Christine does a much better job of explaining it than I am. Trust me. I really enjoyed this conversation because I find it a fascinating topic and IFS or parts work, as it's also known, has been really transformative in my own healing practice, especially when combined with somatic experiencing therapy. And one of the parts of the interview that I found the most fascinating was Christine said, curiosity is the opposite of judgment. And so within the context of IFS and parts work, we are getting curious about these different parts. We're not judging them. We're not shaming them. It's all about Uh, sitting with those parts and figuring out what their role is. And when we do that, it allows the situation to open. We can heal things that sometimes these parts are protecting us from, shielding us from. And once that happens, those parts take on new roles within our lives. So we talk about that. We talk about uh, the true self, which in the context of IFS is uh, this part of us that's at our core and that's always there and is like whole and complete and how that part interacts with the other parts and so much more. So I hope you enjoy this episode of the Vital Point podcast with Christine Dixon. See people joining here. That's great. Uh, so, welcome to the Vital Point podcast, podcast where we 
talk about all different types of transformational practices. And to me, the vital point is that we have to actually practice. Um, these are things that are great to learn about, great to read about, but the real transformation comes from actually putting these um, different modalities, different teachings, different methods into practice. And my guest today is a great example of that. Uh, she is Christine Dixon, known here on Instagram as The Ordinary Sacred. And Christine is an internal family systems therapist. So Christine, welcome coach, to- yeah. Oh, coach, okay. <laughs> All right, um, an internal family systems coach. So Christine, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, I'm honored to be here. So I really wanted to have this conversation with you because even though I've only scratched the surface of IFS, um, it has been super transformational for me. And I mm. feel like it fits in with other modalities of healing and transformation so well. Like for mm -hmm. instance, for me, um, I work with a somatic experiencing therapist mm. and she is able to weave in certain aspects of internal family systems into, into our work together. And I know talking with, um, uh, for instance, like uh, Jamie Clements, the breath uh, space, who is a breathwork mm -hmm. facilitator, who's also been a, a guest on the podcast. You know, he's talked about how transformational uh, IFS has been for his work. And so I wondered if you could just give listeners to begin just like an overview of what, what IFS is. Yeah, I would love to. Um... I like to, when I describe IFS, I like to tell the story a little bit of how Dick Schwartz, the founder, how he developed it. Um, I've probably heard him tell the story hundreds of times. And um, I always thought, oh, he's telling it again. But I realized it's the best way, I think, um, to explain it. So one thing I love about Dick Schwartz, he was a, a family systems therapist. So he worked with individuals in a family and kind of how they affected the system as a whole. And um, he was doing an outcome study with women with eating disorders. And something that I love that he did was something that I did as an educational therapist was he thought of his clients as his teachers. So, you know, each person that's in front of us knows more about themselves and their history and their inner system than we possibly could, right? Mm -hmm. So as a facilitator, becoming a, you know, an observer, a keen observer in the moment of that person and learning from them how to best help them help themselves um, is kind of what he did. So he was this just a, a scientist observing. And as he worked with these women with eating disorders, he would hear them use this language of parts where they would say, I have a part of me, for example, that feels really deep shame and pain. And then another part kind of swoops in and has me binge eat so that I can numb the pain and feel better. But then another part comes in and criticizes me and says, you fat pig, you have no self-control. How dare you do that again? And then the pain of that critical voice 
it makes the shame parts come up again and then the binge eating part comes in again and it's just this constant cycle so first he realized that and he thought ooh maybe maybe my clients have uh, dissociative identity disorder or pers you know multiple personalities but then as he observed himself he realized ah i i do this as well and i always encourage people if you really observe your own mind and you begin to notice the thoughts in your mind, you'll realize that you're not a mono mind, that you actually have, often there's a dialogue or a whole conversation going on. Oh man, I really hate this person. I wish I could do this. Oh no, no, of course, but I couldn't because I, I need to be a good girl. You know, whatever, there's, there's these different voices that come in or these different parts of us. And actually understanding that helps us be able to hold, you know, the both and or the all of we don't have to just side with one or the other. So that was the first thing that was this understanding that we all have multiple parts within us, multiple that have different perspectives. Um, and then, so since he was a, <clears throat> um, well, first of all, as he was doing that, he had this, this client that came in that had an eating disorder and also was cutting herself. So it was, you know, having this severe behavior that he perceived as this very negative thing, understandably. And so the, um, he, at first, like many modalities and many religions, government, parenting, everything, he tried to fight with it. He said, just stop it just stop doing this or else, you know, or like we, we try to fight with our inner critic. We right. say, you know, just tell that inner critic to get out of here, you know, or that kind of thing. So that's what he was doing. So for the whole hour, he fought with this cutting part and got it to, to say, finally, I will stop cutting her. But then the next week she came in and she had a gash down her face hmm. and he just felt so defeated that he said he, f he just fell into the chair and he said, I give up cutting part you win. And he said that that cutting part of her spoke and said, I don't want to win. And it was the first time that he was able to feel curious and to say, Oh, what do you want? And that was when he began to listen to the part and it explained this history that she had where she was sexually abused. And the cutting part came in to help her first express her rage that she couldn't express outwardly toward the person without being hurt and also would help her numb and take her out of the pain of the situation and distract her with a different kind of pain. So he realized that this part, even though it had a harmful impact, had this very heroic intention. And so this was the first time he realized there are no bad parts that every part is doing something for a reason often to protect another part that's stuck in a moment of trauma or a moment of attachment wound, you know, um, just something that was really distressing that it couldn't process. So that's, he, he had that understanding. Oh, there are no bad parts. And so it doesn't work to fight them. The parts fight each other. Right. But, right. but, um, that having that appreciation for them goes a long way. And then the final thing, <laughs> one more thing, that's really, really key to IFS is that um, because he was 
a, a family systems therapist, he was used to, you know, being in a room with a family and say he had a, a teenage girl in front of him and the parents were standing behind him and he realized that the father was giving dirty looks to her and he would say, oh, she's not going to speak if there's any judgment in the room. So he would ask the father to either go behind her or leave the room for a little bit so she could open up. So he would do this on the inside where he would realize he's trying to talk to this part, but maybe there's a judgmental part or a fearful part present. And so this other part of won't speak. So he would ask them, can you just give us some space? And, you know, there'd be one part and then another part might come up. Can you give us some space? And he would keep asking until with one client, all these parts stepped back. And then suddenly this, this part emerged that was so calm and was just non-judgmental, confident, compassionate. He has these eight C's that define this. And um, he asked the woman, what part is that? And she said, oh, it's not a part. It's just me. It's myself. And so he started calling this the self with the capital S. And at first he thought that she just had a lot of, uh, you know, a good upbringing and a good attachment, but he found out she had severe trauma growing up. And, and then as he worked with more and more clients, he found that this self was at the core of every single person. And that this self is the one, is the healing agent in the system. So as the therapist or the coach or the facilitator, like our job is just to have the person allow these other parts to step back. And it's this self that will emerge and has the capacity to heal the protective parts and the parts that hold all the wounds. So it's a very hopeful system. Sorry yeah. if that was too long, but that's- No, it was beautiful. Um, there's so much to unpack there. Uh, the, the first thing that really like stood out to me um, is this idea that like I've really has been like paradigm changing to me that you can change beliefs where you're saying or like mm -hmm. I believe this or I believe that I feel this or I feel that changing that to an and like I can yeah. hold these I can hold these two different beliefs are these two different feelings at the same time. I can feel angry and I can still love this person. Yes. And like that just in and of itself is such a game changer because I would always find myself when, when I, when I thought that or was the reality, it would stop my healing. It would stop my progress because it was like, well, now there's a problem here that I have to figure out how to resolve before I can move forward because mm -hmm. I'm sitting there. I can't, I can't hold these two different ideas or these two different beliefs at the same time. And then like to, to add into that, listening to what those, what those different parts, what their purpose is, what they're trying to, to do, what they're trying to keep us safe from or what they're mm -hmm. trying to, what their, what their purpose is. And there's, mm -hmm. there's so much, Oh, there's just so much value in that. And then I love that you brought in the, you called it the true self, right? Yeah, or the yeah. core self. Mm -hmm. The core self, yeah. The so capital you, 
<laughs> right, with a, with a capital S. So in my own experience, um, even before I think I encountered this true self with a capital S within like a therapy context, I started to encounter it during plant medicine, uh, specifically right. with, with ayahuasca. And I didn't know like what mm -hmm. that, what that part or who that part was. I thought it was like, um, uh, the way that that part appears to me is this particular avatar of Shiva that I had never, mm. I had never uh -huh. seen before. I'm not a Hindu, you know, practitioner. I just knew the, the dancing Shiva. And then this one day, um, I, I, I heard a mantra. This is, and this was, you know, not in the plant medicine space. And I went and I looked up and I said, what, what is this mantra? And I saw this picture of this, this avatar of this self that I had, was experiencing in the plant medicine space. And then once I connected those dots, it became a resource for me to use within, within my somatic work, within my parts work that I could call that part in and like have him help and sit with those other parts, the parts that were in pain or the parts that like I was having trouble with. And so like these concepts to me like are just so incredibly powerful because all of that happened organically. Yeah. You know, um, the way that I started working with the different parts was like sort of in a back end, right? Like the somatic, like first it was like, so within mm -hmm. somatic experiencing, the theory is, is that when we experience trauma, the energy gets stuck and it's just sort of living there within right. us and trying to resolve. And that's why we get triggered. And so like the parts work just seemed to make so much sense because it was like, oh, all of a sudden I started to clue in, oh, this part feels different. It doesn't feel like me. And mm -hmm. the, the, ma the magic question that my therapist gave me that like was the game changer was like, how old is this part? Yes. And then it was like that awareness started to, to be a part of my experience. Oh, this is my five-year-old part. Or this mm -hmm. is like my angry teenager, you know? And so how, how, how does one begin to start to bring that awareness in? Mm. Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, it's interesting, you know, you mentioned the ayahuasca because I, I see kind of what I do as I'm kind of this outside agent, kind of like the ayahuasca that helps bring someone into this, experience of their parts and helps guide them to allow their parts to step back to experience that self Shiva, you know, um, yeah. part of them that can actually heal them. Um, and then eventually, I think both of those, then the person can then do that on their own. But it's kind of like this, this aid, um, initially, to help them, you know, experience that. So that there's this this groundedness of I I know that that self exists I know that it's there, and often I'll you know describe it like the clouds that are covering the sun right if if you've ever lived somewhere where it's really overcast all the time and you start to doubt that the sun's even there, 
Um, but the the sun is is there, right? But often our parts, our protective parts, are so blended with us, right? That feel so urgent, so anxious, so um, angry, or whatever it is that they're feeling protective about. So usually, the first step for me is just taking a moment, and I'll often tell people start with thirty seconds, and just take 30 seconds and observe what's alive in you. And it might be your physical sensations. It might be emotional energy. It might just be watching the thoughts and seeing, you know, kind of what they are and what they're fixated on. Um, Cause those are going to be like manifestation spaces that are inside of you. But if you can be the witness just for a second, you know, even for 30 seconds, can I just observe what's there? I, I often say it's like diving into the ocean and looking under the ocean at what's there. It's different every day and there's different um, ripples, you know, there's different levels of agitation, but just taking a moment to go in and, and observe and there's no fixing. There's just seeing, you know, just observing what's there. That's the first step to me because the inroad often to self-energy is curiosity, which is really the opposite of judgment. So judgment is, I know what this is. This is good, or this is bad, or I'm afraid of it, it's scary, or you know whatever it is. And so the, a big question in IFS is how do I feel toward this? So say you notice something that's coming up in you. It might be, um, it might be a pain in your stomach say it's a physical sensation. And you ask yourself, how do I feel toward this? And if, if the answer is, you know, I'm afraid of it, I hate it, uh, you know, something like that, then what you would do is realize, oh, there's another part that's afraid of this or that is frustrated with it. So then you would take a step back from that and say, how do I feel toward that? How do I feel toward the part that's afraid of the pain in my stomach? And you might keep taking a step back until you can feel curious. Until you can say, I wonder why that is afraid. Or I wonder why it's feeling so upset. So as soon as you can have that element of, hmm, I want to learn something about this, that's when the self is going to come in. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I love that. The curiosity is the opposite of judgment and the key. And I, oh, the other thing was just, um, I, I'm drawing some parallels to, to, to Buddhist philosophy. Mm. You know, that they're, the, the, it's not, again, the and, not the or, you know, um, that we're really the witness. We're not all the thoughts. But mm-hmm. the thoughts are also part of us. You know, it's, it's not an yeah. either or yeah. situation, right? We're not going to fall into this weird nihilist um, mm-hmm. perspective where there's no reality or there's no self whatsoever. Well, of course, there's a self. We're here. We're, you know, we have thoughts. We have, we have the uh, capacity to build and create and uh, love and experience the full gambit of, of human experience. And yet none yeah. of these are us. There's there there's that witness there's that that true self you would call it it sort of 
observing everything. And, mm -hmm. and what a what a wonderful idea. Yeah, and and it's also though what I've experienced with this self is that it's not just a passive witness though. It's not um, initially it can kind of start like that, but eventually there's again it's hard to explain. You know when you use these words, it's really pointing to an experience but it's this um, feeling state or um, energy, I guess, of, of complete fearlessness. There's a, a fearless, calm, confident, very compassionate quality to the self so that it can, and I don't know if that's how you experienced it, you know, with ayahuasca, but it, it it's not afraid of any of the parts that may seem really, you know, scary because they're angry or they're doing something extreme, you know, or it's not afraid of the, the parts that hold the pain and it can actually go in. Um, so eventually in, in IFS, um, there's a beautiful thing where the self goes into these parts that are stuck in past moments and witnesses everything that they experienced but then also they call it reparenting or redoing actually changes the memory because now there's this younger part and there's this adult self mm -hmm. that's confident and compassionate and can give that younger part everything they needed i call this time travel because it's like you are traveling back in that moment and now you're with your former self and, and then you can retrieve them and bring them back into the present. It's kind of similar to some shamanic practices. Yeah. But, um, and then you can do an unburdening ritual where they unburden. And so the self is this, the, it doesn't just observe, it goes in and it, it helps and it provides this incredibly healing presence. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's an incredible practice. Um, so that's, that's, that was kind of like how my SE work went into IFS mm -hmm. was like, okay, mm -hmm. now that we've, now that we've picked up this, what the feeling is and we've identified, you know, like how old is this part or like, what does this part feel? Like what, what do they, what do they want to express? And then she would yeah. say, can you like, it wasn't even, it was very open. It was like, can you bring in somebody maybe an angel or a, a spirit guide or mm -hmm. a, some sort of resource. And invariably my, like I would go to this, this avatar, this, this mm -hmm. part of myself. And it was like, it, 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 I didn't need to think about it. It wasn't like, Oh gee, who do I need to bring in? Of course this part needs to come in, you know, like, of course this is the, the yeah. purpose of this part, like is to be there and just, just having that that self that part there just witnessing is so healing and so calming and so reassuring and then it was like taking it a step further what what what, what does that part want to say to this little part right you know, what, how what is what how does he want to care for for him you know yeah. even, and even if it's just like sitting with with my little child and like just letting him play, letting him express, yeah. letting him be who he wants to be, you know, which is just a kid, not a traumatized, you know, individual. Yeah. And it's just 
just the witnessing is so powerful. But then like you're saying to take that a step further and like use that resource to reparent or to help mm -hmm. that, that, that wounded or that exiled part heal. It's just, mm -hmm. oh, it's such an incredible practice. And mm -hmm. it's, I mean, it's, this is why I wanted to, you know, have you on because I really feel like so many people can benefit from yeah. doing, doing this work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It goes, it goes to me, it goes to the roots. It, mm -hmm. it goes, you know, you know, we have these protective mechanisms, some would call, or these, you know, protective parts, but usually, or always really behind them are these more vulnerable parts that it's kind of like, you know, it's like these protective parts are um, a young couple that just had a baby, right? And they're protective of their baby and their friends say, come out and, and, you know, go out karaoke with us. And they say, and just leave the baby, just leave the baby at home. And they say, no, no, of course, I cannot do that. Yeah. Uh, I must protect my baby, right? And so it's like these protective parts cannot stop doing their job, whether it's, you know, binging or anything, right? Um, any kind of addictive behavior, uh, rage, um, perfectionism, you know, whatever it is, people pleasing, whatever these parts, they can't stop doing it until whatever they're protecting is healed. So, so that's what I love about IFS is that it's not just managing these parts and trying to get them to relax and it's actually, and it's not shaming them, right? It's yeah. understanding that they're right. doing that for a reason. And, and, but once we can go and figure out, once we befriend them, like, you know, we befriend that addictive part and we say, oh, you must be doing this for a reason what if I could go and help you with what you're protecting, then they'll reveal, like you said, these younger parts, they'll tell you exactly what age they are, you know, yeah. and, and what they're stuck in. And then we can go and be with them and give them what they did there that they needed, which is sometimes you said, just someone to see them and hear them and value them and reflect back that they are, worthy you know and the self can do yeah. that so i what i love in my own work is that once a, a person once i know a person is in self um which is by those qualities you know and maybe we've asked several of the other parts to relax back and their self emerges as the facilitator i can just step back and say do whatever you feel compelled to do or mm -hmm. say you know, with that younger part. And I just get to uh, observe this beautiful work because once a person's in self, there's absolute clarity about, you know, what to do. Yeah. Uh, and there, and I, I love that you mentioned just, again, the lack of shaming, the, yeah. the acknowledgement and even being able to thank these parts, thank these parts of us that like we've spent so much time trying to get away from um, having, you know, the, you, you mentioned the inner critic, like being critical within our heads about, but reframing that and being like, oh, wow, you really had a job to do. And you've yeah. been doing this job the whole time. And thank yeah. you. Thank you for doing that job. Thank you for keeping me safe. And now, mm -hmm. now let's have a conversation about how we're not in danger anymore. 
or we have right. the resources to, to deal with this in a different way. And like, and again, it's not like you need to go, like you're, you're, you're done here. It's just like, thanks for doing your job. Now take a rest. You know, you yeah. can join, the, you can join the family. <laughs> yeah. Often when, when those protective parts are, you know, when whatever they're protecting is healed, they'll take on a totally different job often or sometimes their job will just not be burdened anymore, right? They won't have this angst of, I have to do this or else. It'll just be mm. a supportive role. But often the critic becomes a cheerleader, you know, and is um, my, so my, one of my critics, I have a couple, but um, one of my critics was just a tormentor to me. And it, it, that was a huge shift in my system once I was able to befriend that critic and understand that she was trying to criticize me inside so that I wouldn't receive the criticism and the punishment outside and that she was doing this very important job. And so she's, she's pretty much, you know, unburdened now, but what she'll do is whenever she kind of creeps up, I realize that she's pointing at another part, which she's critical of, is another part that she thinks is extreme and is going to get us in trouble. And so what I'll do is I'll turn to my critic and I'll say, Ooh, I see you rising up. What are you afraid of? And she'll say that part is taking over and it's really going to mess us up and get us, you know, criticized and make us look like a fool or whatever. And I'll say, okay, can I go and help that part? And she'll say, Oh yes, please, please, please help her you know, and then I'll go to the other part and say, okay, what's going on for you? Why are you acting in this extreme way? And then find out what she's protecting, help that. So it really becomes a lot of times the, the protective parts end up calling on the self and saying, Hey self, there's a problem. It's like little children calling on the parent, you know, Hey, there's a problem over here. Can you please come help? You know, so, cause they're usually young too. Right. Yeah. They're, yeah. I think that's an important like distinction to make is like a lot of those parts are, are really young. And I, to, mm -hmm. for me, that that's a part of that, that forgiveness and that acceptance process is like, yeah. Hey, that, that part didn't realize, like didn't have the resources or the faculties to realize that this wasn't like a life threatening situation. You know, yeah. now, now as an older person, I can understand that I can like go back and reparent, like you said, but like these parts that that's to me, part of the, the forgiveness and the acceptance of those protectors is like, you, you're keeping me alive. You know, right. you, that's, that's your job is not only to keep me safe, but to keep me from danger, to keep me mm -hmm. alive. And like, thank you so much for, for doing that. And I, I love, love, love that you brought in that concept that the parts can take different roles once we've like mm -hmm. sort of fixed fixed our relationship with them and mm -hmm. you know it's 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 such a it's such an important concept that like the things that we look at as negative qualities can become strengths can yeah. become like can, can become really important parts of, of ourselves, you know, when, when they are given a new task and a new, a new job. So I, mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And they're always, they're always benevolent in the sense that they're, they're feeling extreme 
stream, but they're pointing you towards something that needs to healed. So yeah. whenever there's a, a trigger, we, we say, you know, whenever there's some extreme emotion or fear, we can always, if we can move toward it and discover if we, if we're curious, right. If we're open toward it, we can find what it is there that needs to be helped. So kind of like what you were saying, if there's some, any kind of intense emotion, right. Whether it's panic, anger, um, sadness, whatever it is, if we can go toward it and even just ask like what your, um, SE therapist said, how old are you? Right. And, and it's, yeah. I know it sounds funny to some people, but if you can not think about it, there's no thinking about it. It's just like receiving an answer from another person. You just get in touch with that, that emotion. Sometimes I'll, if, if the emotion is blended, if it's what we say in IFS, if it's just feels like so overwhelming, it's so part of you, you can say, Hey, can you just back up just a little so that I can be with you? I want to be with you. And it's incredible. And there will be an immediate relief in my body. And for me, I'll often see the part in front of me. Not everyone sees it, but you might just experience a shift of the energy in front of you. Yeah. And I'll, I'll say, usually I'll see myself frantic or, or sometimes I won't see it. I'll just feel the energy in front of me and I'll say, how old are you? And I've gotten everything from infant to adulthood you know, yeah. but that helps me know how to comfort that part because it's very different to comfort an infant versus a five-year-old or an eight-year-old or teenager, you know, That's so yeah. even just that, it can be so powerful. Yeah. Yeah. So I, th okay. So just to kind of summarize some of the vital points that we talked about today, curiosity rather than judgment. Hmm. The fact that this true self is always here with us, even when we can't feel it, um, just like the sun is always there behind the clouds. And I love that, that metaphor. And hmm. that all of these parts are, they have a job and when, oftentimes the parts that are unintegrated are there trying to protect us. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel like we could have a much longer conversation about this. And I would, I would love yeah. to have you back on and, and continue. Yeah. yeah. So Christine, where can people learn about a little bit more about your work or about IFS mm -hmm. if, if they're interested in working with you? Yeah, so I have a website. It's theordinarysacred.com. And, um, and of course, my, my Instagram, the underscore ordinary underscore sacred. And um, so I have, I do work one-on-one -on -one with people. My schedule is fairly limited right now, but um, there is a way to sign up for that on my website if you'd like. And then I also have um, these beautiful IFS support groups that meet every week. And where people come and we do exercises together, I'll often take a volunteer and do some IFS work with them. Um, but and then people can just share about their own inner family system and what's happening for them. The, that happens every Tuesday. I have two different groups. Um, and there's a link in my bio if you want to sign up for that. It's $20 a month. So it's, it's pretty affordable. Um, and then I also offer uh, free workshops every month. So 
the this month's will be March 11th, uh, Friday, March 11th at 10 a.m. Central Time. And this one is going to be about self-compassion from an IFS lens and just kind of understanding the parts of us that might block us from that self-compassion because as I said, I think that self-compassion is part of who we truly are. But there can be parts that that because of certain ex experiences found out that it wasn't safe to love ourselves or or to um, have our own agency. So so that's March 11th. Um, and I have, you know, different IFS resources and uh, courses and things on my website. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for, for being on the podcast and more importantly, for, for doing the work that you're doing. It's so important mm. and there's so much potential for, for healing and growth within yeah. it. So I, I really appreciate you and the, the content that you um, put out on Instagram and so, so grateful that we've been able to connect. Yes, I really appreciate you. Um, my part, you know, felt on the outside, like no one wanted to hear and see her gets excited when people want to hear from me. So. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm happy <laughs> that you. that part can be happy and joyful. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. And like I said, I would, I would love to, uh, to do this again. So thank you so much. Christine. Yeah, I would love I to really just let me know. It. Awesome. Yeah. Thank well, thanks you, everybody for, yeah. Thank you, Christine, for being on the podcast. Thanks everybody for joining us live. And if you're checking this out on the replay, um, go ahead and leave a review or a like for the podcast. Um, it really helps push the algorithm up. We're starting to get up there. This is our 23rd episode. So we're, we're hey. chugging along here. So appreciate <laughs> everybody and um, hope to see you again on another episode of The Vital Point. Thanks everyone. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for checking out another episode of the podcast. I hope that you not only enjoyed it, but that you feel inspired to go and do some practice of your own. You know, whether that is something that is a part of your regular routine, like meditation or breath work, or trying something new, like uh, taking an ice bath or starting a new mindset practice. Maybe you feel curious to something that you've been called to try, you know, working with a new teacher, a new facilitator, or maybe even working with uh, psychedelics or plant medicine in whatever way is safe and legal for you where you live. My hope is that you are you know, curious and continue to expand your transformational practice and that this podcast inspires you to continue doing that. As always, if you can follow or subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to it on, it definitely helps. And if you can leave a review, even just a few reviews really help to push the podcast up in the algorithm and help make it more visible to more people. And I'd love it if you shared it with your friends, if you're finding it valuable or interesting. As always, follow me at Blue Magic Alchemy on Instagram, all one word. And if you're interested in learning more about breathwork or you'd like support integrating or preparing for self-development transformational practice, reach out to me at bluemagicalchemy at gmail.com or at Instagram to set up a discovery call for Instagram coaching. Until next time, thank you, be well, and keep practicing. That's the vital